deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the group. Hello, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, um, I've got some uh, some items for you. Uh, Excellent. It's, it's, yeah. So so last week was the 20th anniversary of Chamber of Secrets, right as we were finishing. Yeah, our favorite our favorite one. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to if you're going to celebrate the release of any Harry Potter book, the second one is definitely uh, the one to go go to. But but, you know, so so so. We can't have an anniversary without without merch, right? That's 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 just how these things work. Obviously. Um, so, in honor of this occasion, uh, Target is doing a a big merchandising deal with Harry Potter stuff, and our friends at Bustle have cataloged all of them. Uh, you've probably seen a little bit of this, but uh-huh. it's Bustle, right? And yeah, you know yeah. how much we love Bustle headlines. uh each one of these objects has its own bustle headline um and that's a lot of headlines yeah and i'm gonna throw a couple of these at you and i'm gonna say what it is and i want you to maybe like theory craft what 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 the rest of the headline could be yeah yeah um because these are all great there are 17 of them we're not gonna go through all 17 but uh but i'm just gonna pick some good ones here for you a useful phone accessory that um, and there's a little a little clue here it's a it's one of those like phone things you put on the back of your phone so it's like easier to hold and you can wrap headphones around it kind of things oh, and it a has pop a yes uh actually it is it is literally a pop socket i can see that now on the image but it has like a ravenclaw crest on it oh oh so a a little phone accessory to uh, help. Uh, let me see. Express yourself to to a fellow Potterheads. Ooh, very close. It's a fellow, a useful phone accessory that shows your Hogwarts house pride. Oh, true. I guess that could, we should. Uh, uh, maybe we should get a custom custom one of those for Hurtwood House. Oh fuck yes! Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. With an anteater on it. I'm yeah. I'm there. One hundred percent. I feel like if we make a graphic and it's and it's just it's like a very obvious Hogwarts crest, you know, mm-hmm. but it's an anteater. I feel like that would really confuse a lot of people just out in the world. <laughs> like if we if we made like it's like you look and you're a Potterhead out in the world and you kind of look and you're like, oh, a, a fellow Potterhead showing off their house pride. And then you look a little closer and it's a different house. And, and what, like, what is that? What is that? Oh, that would be so good. I can't wait to do that, actually. that That's okay. We're going to do that. We're going to put a pin in that. <laughs> we're, we're doing this. Um, A mini version of the Mirror of Erised to blank. Reveal your sins. Wait, that's not what oh. it does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that would be way scarier. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's not, you know, they can't make a does. real Mirror of Erised. So it's probably just a mirror. So it's, you know, a mini mirror of Erised to uh, check your mascara. Uh, unfortunately, it is a mini version of the mirror of Erised to show you what you truly want. Oh, so it does work. If, 
Well, I guess if what you truly want is for your mascara to look good, then then maybe well, I that. do. I, yeah, that's 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 about right. <laughs> that's accurate, I guess. So in a way, in a way, you were correct. Okay, sure. Um, uh, a Harry Potter Potter coloring book to help you blank. Uh, to help help calm you down after the harrowing events of. The Deathly Hallows Part One. Yeah, yeah, you fucking nailed it. What? Sure. Wait. No, 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 oh, no. Okay. No. Uh, well, well, I mean, maybe uh, to help you relax during your free time. Oh yeah, and I spent uh, all my which, free time watching the Deathly Hallows Part One and the and the harrowing events therein. Yes. Yeah, you get to you get to the scene where they dance to the Nick Cave song, and you're just fucking out of there. You can't watch Part Two. It's too much. <laughs> Um, a Deathly Hallows lamp to add blank. Uh, uh, I, I hate those Deathly Hallows, so to add suffering to your, <laughs> to your ambiance. <laughs> uh, well, it does say to add mood lighting to any room, so I'm going to count that, because that's... Thanks. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's ambiance, mood lighting, same thing. What mood is that? Yeah, here's the. Death is it just symbol. a regular lamp? Uh, I guess. The, I guess the mood is that, being master of death, which is kind of a mood. I think this might actually be a recurring character because I think this is the same lamp that we discussed in our like Think Geek uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. product thing. Um, uh, the one that says like it doesn't. It's not actually a light source. It's a. It's a mood setter because it puts the the shadow on your wall. It's that thing. Fair enough um okay well maybe we have we have you know we 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 here at the shrieking shack love bustle um they are (laughs) our favorite publication uh but i think we might still have a ways to go before we can run with the big dog so to speak i don't know if we i don't know if we're we're either of us are quite there in terms of yeah yeah i think i'm getting closer for sure definitely um, improving you know always improving but you know mastery what do they say like ten thousand hours is the is like that that phrase about like mastering something so yeah i, so. I mean i'm feeling like i've probably read bustle for about ten thousand hours it's, it's <laughs> it starting feels, to feel that way <laughs> it's starting to every yeah i feel like i i waste a thousand hours every time i see a bustle headline anyway so <laughs> um moving on uh jk rowling released her new book we haven't we're not gonna read it or maybe well, we will. we will eventually. We will. We will eventually. We have read to, it. <laughs> but we can't. Uh, we can't read it yet. So, so no spoilers, please. Well, yeah, because we haven't read the first two. Yeah, and there's right? a TV show for that one. There's two. Yes, it's the third one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's TV adaptation. CB Strike. Yeah, Lethal Ooh. White. Great title. It's a kind of dog, right? And something. I, or- not that I know of. It's a good, it's a good combination of words for it's sure. It's pretty spooky, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a TV show as well, which is hilarious because it is just like every other TV show in England. It's a gritty detective show, and I just think that oh, it's that, oh, it's Sherlock. It's it, well, no, it's 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 <laughs> Sherlock is like uh, so okay. So on the grittiness scale, I'd say Sherlock is like kind of a lighter one. Oh, okay. But everything on British TV is is a murder mystery of some kind, and I think I'm, I think that these these J.K. Rowling ones are a little a little darker, not for kids. But it does um, star Benedict Cumberbatch, right, as uh, Mister Strike. 
It fucking should. I don't think it does. I think it's Tom Burke or someone. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a real shame. No offense yeah. for for whoever that is, but um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's offensive to be, you know, to say that someone is n- no Benedict Cumberbatch because who is? No one else. Well, other than well, he Benedict Cumberbatch is Snape, uh, and 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 that's you know that's that's it. Once once you're Snape. You you can't play anyone else. You're just Snape forever. That's true. Um, another headline here. This is okay. This is from Fatherly, which I think. So like, I think Bustle is like the like cool progressive mom blog, right? Like that's sure. that's Bustle's vibe. Fatherly is this website, and I think that this. I keep seeing Harry Potter articles from Fatherly, and I think that this might be the same website, but for dads. That um, scares me a little bit. I'm, I'm sensing a little bit of a, a, a frightening aura from, from what you're little, telling me. A, a little bit of a dark, some, some dark <laughs> magic, perhaps. Yeah, um, it sure sounds like it. Um, well, uh, I'm, I don't think what I'm about to read to you is going to change your mind, because <laughs> this headline is, Over the course of seven books, the boy who lived never became the boy who showered. Um, uh, it, I, I assume this is that thing where it's like, like he never showered in the entire like seven is, seven books, right? That is exactly what this is. Uh, it's just it seems to be a thousand word essay on the subject. Yeah, the thing about when you write a book or or are constructing a narrative, you don't. It, it's not. It's not like a live stream, you know. It isn't a like <laughs> the oh, camera or the reader follows follows Harry through every every minute of his life. It might seem like that. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to feel like that in the later books because they're so damn long. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I wish Harry was a streamer. Yeah, this isn't like even um, even Logan Paul, the greatest uh, video essayist of of our generation. Um, you know, he does he does a video a day and that is a lot. But the videos are like, what, 10 minutes long? If that. Yeah. So so I'm not sure why we'd need to need to hear about Harry Potter showering, especially when the only real relevant bathing scenes we do get. So I feel like this is an unfair an unfair thesis from fatherly. Also, there are baths. in yeah, like. There's a there's a pivotal scene in the fourth book in a bath. So yes. So fatherly, um, I'm gonna say might want to read these books again. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe mm-hmm. don't. But read, probably you know, read another book. But read another. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Grant in the comments here uh, with a, a beautiful uh, Happy Independence Day America icon. Mm, great. Um, is is very very annoyed about this and says they mention showers in the Quidditch changing rooms. It says the wood is still <laughs> in the showers, and one of the Weasley twins says they think Wood might be trying to drown himself. Mrs. Weasley tells Harry to shampoo his hair when they are at Sirius's house in Grimmauld Place. Toothbrushing is also mentioned. I think showers and baths are implied and probably not dwelled upon due to the target audience. Thank you, Ronnie it's Grant. Due to the target, okay. I was appreciating this comment right until the end where he says. Because of the target audience, as if showers are obscene. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I was it's... with him for most of the way, uh, so I'm going to give him a 
Definitely like 90, 99% on that one. Um, That's where you go to wash the sin off of your body. Yeah, true. So, um, but, but I appreciate his, his service in the, in the comments. Yeah. Okay. Last order of business here. And this isn't really news, but it, but it is, uh, I guess this is maybe a, a sort of a like closed envelope thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so Johnny Depp was in the news again. Um, he is being sued hmm. for punching someone on the set. It was like a t- he like beat someone up on the film set, and he's being sued for it. Um, the best part of this is that the Fantastic Beasts Twitter account and stuff has been winding up again to like post mm-hmm. a second trailer. They've been posting a bunch of gifts. Uh, um side note but if if you if you're one of our our patrons and you heard our fantastic beast bonus episode uh letta lestrange appears in in this gif set stuff that they're doing and i really can't wait to find out whether she likes to read or not i can't wait to find out why they are bringing credence back as if yeah. the entire first movie didn't happen <laughs> uh <laughs> and yeah. i'm sure about uh, unsure about that choice it seems like a kind of a, kind of a just kidding moment um yeah because i because you know the end of that movie was was uh harrowing for mm. for us for poor the um, yeah, you know our our yeah. hour long uh, tech demo city destruction, ending <laughs> in a in a in a horrible um, police shooting credence to death, and I guess that's just 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 kidding. He's back. <laughs> so uh, speaking that's... of thing, yeah, speaking of decisions <laughs> that shouldn't have been made. Uh, aside from us watching that movie, <laughs> um, uh, Johnny Depp is is Grindelwald in in this series, and. It is so obvious to me that the, the account was like, okay, the news around around him has died down enough. We can probably stand to release more, you know, get get back into promo mode, right? Um, so the first thing, the first thing they did was the day, or maybe the day after this news broke, they gave Empire Magazine a, a an exclusive new Im- like first look image, and it's uh, it's Newt in a new jacket, uh, in, in a suitcase. So that was like mm-hmm. their first like their first piece of like I, I, I don't know if you want like like bluff material or you know but, but like like specifically just putting Fantastic Beasts out there but not mentioning Johnny Depp or what they're doing with Johnny Depp. But we have new news today uh, in that they have a, I guess, I don't know if this is pre or during San Diego comic con, but there's an announcement that an announcement of an announcement. There's going to be an announcement regarding fantastic beasts. Now that could just be here's the here. We're announcing when the trailer is coming out or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. But I've seen some scuttlebutt, some speculation that this might be where they announce something one way or the other, you know, uh, you know, last time they commented on this, it was JK Rowling writing a very nice letter about how much she loved Johnny Depp. Uh, but, but something, and I want, I want our predictions. I want to get the shrieking shack predictions out there on what is going to happen with this fantastic beasts announcement. I do not think it will be related to Johnny Depp. I know a lot of people are speculating that. I think they're going to pretend that nothing. I think they're not going to address it ever again. See, 
I could definitely, I, I could definitely see that. I just think that like, I think that that was 100% their plan. If the Amber Heard stuff was it, you know, it's just that now he is actually being sued in a court and will be in like legal proceedings, possibly like during movie promo time. And that like, and it's fucked up as it is. Cause it's not like this is any worse, you know, than, than what he is on fucking video doing the first time. But like now there are legal proceedings and he's going to be in headlines way more. I'm, I think that this is the kind of thing that makes WB actually think about this maybe yeah i but the thing is is that i i feel like if they are going to kick him out or 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 say something regarding him i don't think that they would do it at comic-con it feels weird to make a (laughs) like bad news pr announcement like that when they're probably just announcing like merch or something right (laughs) or like a yeah video game tie-in or whatever i mean here's the thing though is that like the last Fantastic Beasts movie, I think, was announced or had the trailer premiere at Comic-Con and the cast was there. Like, that's where that um, the Fantastic Beasts Comic-Con presentation is where the incredible J.K. Rowling quote about Dumbledore uh, being gay, but not like visibly gay or whatever comes from. Right. Yeah. So there is a history for one. There is a history of of Comic Con Fantastic Beasts announcements, but two, there is a history of like the cast being there and having to answer questions. And I don't think there's any way that they have like a panel or anything and it doesn't come up, especially if Johnny Depp's there. Which I maybe maybe that's what they do is that they 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 do businesses. I mean, it, it, from from WB's perspective. And what makes this so, like, hilarious to me is that it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't for them. Because either they hold a panel or whatever and Johnny Depp's there and it's super fucked up. and <laughs> Or they hold a panel and Johnny Depp's not there and they're pretending that nothing happened. And everyone has to talk around the fact that, that he's not there but still in the movie, you know? like Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, this is coming off of that absolutely crazy... Uh, profile of Johnny Depp that was in Rolling Stone like the week before. Um, When I read that, I do not read that as a person that can sit and and be trusted at a panel. Like, like, he seems like a complete loose cannon. Um, So so I do not think he will be there. I guess I I could be wrong. What if he is there and he says he's like prepared something or whatever and he just turns on the projector and the lights dim and everyone thinks it's going to be the trailer but it's just him blasting that Marilyn Manson video he was in for 4 <laughs> hours like 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 in the article <laughs> what if it's him and they say we've got a big reveal um, and then just right in front of the whole audience Johnny Depp morphs back into Colin Farrell <laughs> Oh my god, that is how the movie should fucking open. So they should, like, they should do what. Remember when all the Kevin Spacey shit came out, and there was that movie, uh, all the money in the world or whatever, where they like had Christopher Plummer come in and like reshoot all of the scenes. Uh-huh. Um, they should do that, but they, like they should CG in Colin Farrell. <laughs> Like, tra- have him transform back into Colin Farrell. And like, the like you know that scene where he's, like, in the cart in the trailer? 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Really weird. And he's like all gaunt and fucked up anyway. Like just have a scene where he's like in in there and then like face at morphs into Colin Farrell <laughs> and then they never address it. And it's just him for the rest of the movie. That I would love that. Sounds so much. great. Yeah. Um honestly, I guess that would be like a spin that they could make on the announcement, right? Because the good it's like I like it's Colin Farrell now again. Uh, so it's instead, of, instead of be, instead of announcing that Johnny Depp's out of the movie, it's announcing that Colin Farrell is back in the movie. That would be you know? ugh, please, please, <laughs> or or they like so like they either reshoot it with Colin Farrell, which would be fucking expensive and ludicrous, but yes. I guess not not impossible. You know, like, especially for a movie that is clearly shot, like, 90% in front of green screens, it feels like <laughs> it is, like, doable. Um, or the other option is is that they keep Johnny Depp's, like, body in the movie and just put some other actor's face <laughs> on top. Like, when Paul Walker died in Fast and Furious and they had to, like, like put his brother's face on or whatever or on, on another actor to finish the scenes, I, I would also be down for that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm really curious what the hell, cause, cause the, I think you're totally right in that the, I, 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 I'm positive that their original plan was, we're just never going to talk about this again. I don't know if they can do that anymore. Uh, and it's, I think it's going to be really funny to see like, like funny and sad and, and, and pathetic to see how they handle this mess they've gotten them i like they have no one to blame but themselves is the thing true like, like that is true like the it was it was dumb at the time but that that jk rowling penned like letter about how he like johnny is just like he, you know he's changed and he's the sweetest actor to work with ever in the world and we all love him completely nonsense now right like there's a there's a world in which i could believe that like maybe believe that right like like oh like he's he's on the fast track and turned himself around and he you know we never had any problem with him but there's just no fucking way that's true no no absolutely zero zero way that that, that the man who like needs his lines fed to him through an earpiece and can't stand up was like easy to work with on the set of the harry potter movie like no way um yeah yeah so i'm 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 looking for i love a good shit show and this 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 seems like this seems like it's gonna be up there yeah it is it is shaping up to be a shit show for sure however my prediction is that they're gonna step out and announce that uh they are making um they're finally making new more new Harry Potter Funko Pops, and this time they're as tall as a person. They're six feet tall. Um, we're going to have to get our six-foot-tall Dobby, um, and, and that'll be it, and, and they won't do anything. So I guess we'll see. Johnny Depp looks like a fucking Funko Pop. <laughs> just just a human-sized Funko Pop um, oh, that God. they cast for the movie. Yeah, you're probably right. I, yeah, I, I, would, I would love for this to spiral out of control, but you are probably right in that they are just going to not say anything. They're going to announce some Funko products and or <laughs> a mobile game or something. So yeah, but but I guess we'll see. In I guess in ten days, here there's your countdown. We will know. Uh, just ten days from this recording, I guess it'll be like a week from episode release. But uh, but yeah, 
Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, let us know what your predictions are. Uh, sound sound off on Twitter. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll I'd love to see what what other people come up with. But I guess that's it for news. Um, uh, shall we get into our reading for this week? Sounds good to me. Uh, this week we read. We'll start with chapter three, which is the night bus, and not a whole lot happens in this chapter. So I will I will keep this brief. Most of it is just kind of wor- like cute stuff in the world, and and uh, it's just like a couple set pieces. So Harry's leaving the Dursleys. He's he's super angry. He's he's walking away. He's got all his stuff. He starts to panic. Doesn't know what he's going to do. Is kind of running through his options in his head. Thinks he's going to be an outlaw from the Ministry forever. Maybe he's going to get arrested. But as he's trying to think of his next steps and realizing that there's nowhere for him to really go. He sees a dog and then falls over. And I guess like puts his wand up in, up in the air as he's falling and the night bus arrives, which is a a big, a big bus that, that helps stranded witches and wizards to get where they need to go. He doesn't want to get caught because he still thinks he might be arrested or in big trouble. So he, we meet Stan Shunpike and and Ernie, the bus driver, and he says that his name is Neville. He gives that he gets into the bus and he tells them that he needs to get to Diagon Alley. There we get some kind of more information about Sirius Black because Stan is reading a newspaper that then Harry reads over his shoulder or something, and we kind of get to hear a little bit more about what Sirius Black's whole deal is, because obviously so far we've only heard about him from the Muggle News, but we learn that he killed 13 people with a single curse, was a supporter of Voldemort, uh, and is just just pretty pretty crazy, and, and escaped from Azkaban. And also that, uh, I guess the muggle prime minister was was notified by the the ministry of magic which has come under some some criticism in the wizarding world harry does get to diagon alley but as he steps off off the bus at the leaky cauldron minister fudge is there waiting for him and it's revealed to stan and ernie that that it wasn't neville it was harry potter the whole time and then he goes and has to talk to fudge and and fudge is you know He's not in trouble. Fudge is just relieved for some reason, and we don't know why yet. And Harry, he's, Harry says, like, I'm not going to get expelled. And he's like, no, no, this is no big deal. And it's very suspicious because Harry got in big trouble for a spell that Dobby did a year ago. So he's he's very suspicious. He does ask Fudge to sign his permission slip to go to Hogsmeade, but Fudge Fudge says, no, you know, you'll just have to go to go to Hogsmeade next year rules are rules um but it's all set up that Harry gets to stay at the Leaky Cauldron and in Diagon Alley for three weeks before school starts and that's the end of the chapter I know that we are in basically the same zone of the book that we were in when we were reading Chamber of Secrets and we're really into that but I love Mm -hmm. this I I love this a lot Um, I know it's really good I like I I, I highlighted the whole first paragraph of this chapter, not because anything like super wild happens or anything, but because it is, I think, maybe more of a window into like Harry's feelings and thoughts about the situation than we got in the entire second book. Yes, definitely. They're also just much more kind of believable thoughts and feelings. Like I'm totally on board with with Harry's whole 
whole thought process and kind of emotions mm-hmm. that he's going through here. Whereas most of anything that we got from the second book mostly just confused me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't really know where to start because there, there's, there's so many little details that I love here. I think one that really jumped out at me that I thought was hilarious is him feeling compelled to tell the bus people his last name. Like, he didn't just say, like, oh, I'm Neville. He says, oh, I'm Neville Longbottom, which is, just, like, that's just such a good, like, kid thing to do, right? Like, like just, I'm going to introduce myself with my first and last name, even if I'm, you know, on the fucking yep. bus or yep, whatever. Yeah, it's like, that's that's what you do to to an adult. Um, you yeah. know, you're introducing yourself at school. They say, who are you? It's like, I'm Neville Longbottom. Yeah. Um, so, so that's pretty cute. Um, I like Stan. I love Stan. Um, I think Stan is a much better use of like in the first book, especially I, I, this didn't really bother me as much at all through chamber of secrets, but the like phonetic spelling stuff for Hagrid always rubbed me the wrong way in the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it feels a lot better here because it's just a little bit on like the, like the beginnings and ends of the sentence, you know? So you get like, it's more of like a uh, a signifier of how to read the accent rather than like a weird like parody of it, I guess, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with that. It's also just it, easier to read, I would say. Yes, yeah. Um, I, I love the way that this is like, like from an outside perspective, if you were viewing this and like the movie does this, I think. It's been a long time since I saw it, but like, this would be an action sequence. Would it not be for the fact that he is also on a bus and like everyone involved is calm, right? Because the, the, Mm -hmm. the literal description of what's happening, like the bus is running up on like the sidewalk and going between cars and running stoplights and stuff. Uh Uh, There's a great line about how all the trash cans jump out of the way of the bus and then like go back on their own. But like, he's just like on a coach. Like he's just like, like the driver doesn't think that this is strange or exciting. Like Stan doesn't Stan is just like having a cup of tea and reading the newspaper. Like I love, I just love that, that it is a completely mundane action sequence, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it it sets a it sets a really nice tone throughout and it it kind of it it, pu- it puts Harry's like anxiety about his situation at kind of odds with the just kind of day-to-day mundane things that are that are happening mm-hmm. uh, for all all the wizard wizard folk. Um I also think that the night bus is one of like the the better kinds of world building that happens in Harry Potter, which is um, like the night bus itself is such a kind of like normal mundane thing that just suggests that there are so many normal and mundane wizard things that we just don't know about. Totally. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's like, it's a, it is a, it's a coach service, right? It's like, there, one of my favorite details is the thing about how, you know, it's, what's it, 13 sickles or 13 knuts to get on, but if you pay, or it's like 10 to get on, but it's like 13 will give you the newspaper and 15 you get hot chocolate or whatever, which mm-hmm. is like totally the way that like bus tickets work and stuff if you're going long distance in the UK. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that Stan is just like, 
pimply teenager doing you know summer job or whatever is really great uh yeah it's it it hits the stuff i like so much about the like periphery of the wizarding world stuff that we actually didn't get much of in we like the best stuff we got in in the second book was the burrow right and that was a very different kind of i mean it was still very good but that's a very different kind of thing that that was showing you like normal like rural home life in the wizarding mm-hmm. world whereas this is like here's some here's like what the urban uh like w- what living in an urban center is like for wizards which is which is interesting and also like a very different from uh the first book where we got a little bit of that but it was just haggard like pointing at like parking meters and not knowing what they are and stuff and like this runs a little bit counter to that, but also I don't really care because I, I love the way this is set up. I love that what's it, Mrs. Maple or whatever just gets off of the bus. Like, just this is just completely normal. Like, I'm taking the bus home as a wizard. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I also like that it's all beds on the bus. Like, yes. like this crazy stuff is happening, but just like the <laughs> the idea that there are just like people laying in beds on this just absolutely insane bus before um, it was like four poster beds or whatever in this like yeah um i uh what do you what did you think of the the serious black exposition stuff here um i liked it i thought it fit in pretty well i think it i'm honestly maybe i'm just coming off of like the chamber of secrets hangover but i feel like the the setup to this mystery is just is just perfect like i just yes. i think it's all just um it's just a little bit tense there's a little bit of suspense um we have we have some information and i think it's like pretty naturally given um i i i have no complaints about it yeah i like and it's so like like having a character read a newspaper like <laughs> to make a weird comparison here if you listen to our April Fools episode about um oh god <laughs> Charlie Bone that also does the same thing right where where uh, the main character has a newspaper fly into his face or whatever and he reads about the bad guy Uh, and this is also like this is the same thing but it's done so much better here uh because it's set in like a very natural scene you know like like stan is just you know working night shift uh and he's you know reading the paper and and has some opinions on the news uh i like i love the back and forth between him and ernie about it too like just very here's here's just some some normal middle-class wizard guys talking about the headlines and stuff i it was very cute uh yeah i i can't remember what what is is this true in a way or is this completely made up about Sirius black like like what Which, what is the it's the, the the part where he like blew up a street and was laughing or whatever like i can't remember how this shakes out or whatever um I think Peter Pettigrew blows up the street. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, to like fake his death or whatever. Um, I yeah. do find it funny. Like there's a little bit of mystique in the, in what Stan is saying that, that Sirius killed 13 people with a single curse. And that makes it sound like that would be like a very difficult or especially like, 
I mean, obviously, it's an especially evil thing to do. But as far as the magic, it seems it seems difficult to do. Yeah. Did you get that kind of vibe? Right. Like like it, like the the way the, I think the way that you're supposed to read this is like this is like written, you know, early 90s. I, I get the vibe that JK was thinking about news reports on like IRA bombings or something. Sure. Right? Like, yeah. Like that's the vibe I, I get here is that like, like, oh, he like, like just the, the killing 13 people with a single curse thing makes me think of like an analog to a bombing or something. Cause like otherwise, cause we don't have the gun spell yet. Right. Like that's not the, the we're still a book away from, from yep. Avada Kedavra, um, which seems like it would be very easy to kill 13 people with that. But, but this not th- this is one of those like benefits of 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 not knowing like 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 you say it has a very good mystique to it because we don't know what the curse is we don't know how they were killed all we have is that it was one spell that killed 13 people which at this point sounds nuts and and is yeah. it, it, it does it does make uh Sirius seem really intimidating uh and, and scary in this scene because we we don't have the the lack of information of like what the the deadly curse you know the unforgivable curses are makes this better i think mm-hmm. i i think i think the the gun spell of Ada Kedavra, i'm pretty sure uh it's only single target i don't think it's a right <laughs> right well which 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 i guess still makes this pretty pretty wild then because then that implies that there is a well, okay. Then we're just getting into weird stuff because, like, is there is there a forgivable curse that you can blow thirteen people up with? <laughs> like, I, f- I feel like I mean, so the Muggle story that was that there was a gas explosion, right? Right, right. I feel like it would be really easy as a wizard to to create like an explosion. Is that wrong of me to think that that would that would not be difficult? No, that seems because, like, I mean, like Hermione can like conjure flame, right? You know, yeah, an yeah, eleven-year-old can conjure flame. I think that like creating an explosion out of thin air probably wouldn't be that wild or like that unthinkable. You know, without some practice or malice or whatever. Yeah, I, I just think that the the scope of the spells gets so big so fast that it you know mm-hmm. we we go from. I, I like the space that we're at now. I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, and, and the the scope gets bigger but also the spells get more specific which i think is a problem as the series goes on the fact that like i mean i mean like we 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 jokingly call avada kedavra the gun spell but it like that is a problem in the story because it means that there is one very easy and fairly boring way to kill someone like if you think of if you thought think of this like like a like like this is a weird comparison right but like think about like if you were into like spy or military fiction or whatever mm-hmm. and someone wrote like a tom clancy style novel you know here's espionage and 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 action and you know uh but whenever characters were fighting each other it didn't say like what gun they were using or how good they were at shooting the guns or anything like that. It just said like, he shot him with a gun. Like, and that's kind <laughs> of, the, and that's kind of the problem here is like, you like, you're coming to fantasy for like 
inventive and creative uses of, of magic or whatever it is that, you know, that, that, that your book is centered around, like, I don't know, like you think about like Avatar, the last airbender or whatever, like all that they can do technically is, you know, move water and rocks around, but they do really cool shit with it when they're fighting. And in Harry Potter, they don't need to do anything like that because they just have, here's the spell that kills you. Here's the spell that knocks you out. And that's <laughs> it. You know, like there, there's no passion for crafting the, the, like the intricacies of the action or what, you know, what the spells can do or whatever, like much the same, like, like a, a, a very boring spy novel or whatever where it just says uh and he shot him like there's not you know like if you're reading a a military novel and you're there for like oh i want to know about some cool weird secret military hardware or whatever you know but they never talk about it (laughs) like like it's the same thing here like like this 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 image of like oh he killed 13 people with a single spell and you don't know what it is but like you know that it was an explosion or whatever there's so many cool ways that your imagination can start running on like how he did that or whatever, or like what diabolical twist makes this so, but like, it's the fact also that they say that this is unthinkable, right? That, that no one yeah. has done this before that makes it so much cooler. And like your imagination kind of starts racing, you know, like, like how, how did he do that? That's so scary. That's so evil or whatever. Um, and that's so much more interesting than what we end up with. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I think it would probably be pretty. Hard. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of like, quote unquote, power, like powerful wizards in the story, right? With like Dumbledore and um, presumably all the adults. Like, I, I feel like we're supposed to assume that they are all like pretty powerful, like being yeah. the named ones, because um, they're all either teachers or cops, um, <laughs> right? So it, it just, I, I, I do like this, this space like you said where it's like it really it really makes you imagine like how how terrible and scary this thing could be without just being like well here's the gun spell everyone um (laughs) but speaking of gun spells this is the line that we get that is in the newspaper article where the muggles when when they notify the prime minister that Sirius Black is on the loose and they need help catching him it's it describes it says muggles have been told he he has a gun and then in parentheses it says which is like a metal wand that muggles use to kill each other uh-huh. which i thought was an interesting it's interesting to me that wizards would equate their wands with with weapons primarily yeah. in that way yeah, I never thought of like that. That I I did love the the way that that article was written as a contrast to the um, uh, the Muggle news report in the first book about all the owls. Mm-hmm. Um, in the the the, and I'm sure this is intentional, but the, the the that Muggle news report about the owls seems so much more fantastical than the wizard news report about the magic murderer like there's, uh-huh. there's there is a whimsy to that first one that, that is is missing here and the the humor here comes from the uh the strange description of very serious news i guess as opposed to the the serious description of very strange news that the muggle thing had it, it's <laughs> it's uh i don't know I, I thought that was a cute contrast yeah i like that um, I don't think I have a whole lot else to say about this chapter. I do appreciate how um, 
how how much Harry's priority after fe- like he goes from worrying about going to Azkaban, the torture prison, um, mm-hmm. to being back to worried about this damn permission slip. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. The that that whole scene with um uh with Fudge actually, I I really enjoyed because it. It paints such a weird picture of Cornelius Fudge compared to how we saw him last time, where he was just kind of being kind of an outright evil, shitty politician. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was arresting Hagrid to make himself look good or whatever. And I, I one, I like that it even references in the text, like Harry needs to make sure that he d- doesn't know that he needs to pretend that this is his first time meeting him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, the faux-ass relatability that that Fudge has here talking to (laughs) Harry while also trying to not tell him that, like, he thinks a, like, crazy murderer is after him is so good. Uh, Yeah. Because there is, in any other situation, I feel like there is no way that that Cornelius Fudge would not be, like, pissed as hell at Harry here, right? For, like doing like like you know he had to dispatch like a special squad to puncture aunt marge or whatever (laughs) uh like he did like a bunch of underage magic out and about on the street like like he would be super fucking pissed but here he kind of like is just pretending to be like cool dad which is really funny yeah he he, i i do like that that scene a lot and and even harry is, pre- is pretty suspicious about what's going on and mm-hmm. um and i just can't say enough like how much better i think that the like plot is set up in this in this book like I, yeah. I don't think that it had been set up really i mean other than i guess lucius malfoy but honestly like lucius malfoy having set the plot in motion doesn't really matter in chamber of secrets that much other than no. like other than for like character stuff um, but we're, we are getting like right at it. And I would say that like the, the tension and the suspense has, has started and, and Harry seems to be playing a pretty active role in it. Even, even though he just wants his damn permission slip signed. <laughs> this is a interesting sweet spot because, um, in Sorcerer's Stone, the plot starts almost immediately. Uh, in Chamber of Secrets, the plot starts very late, but we do get the good world building sequence uh, mm-hmm. at the burrow and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Here, this is like the first time in the series so far that like the world building and the p- direct plot have been like immediately intertwined, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In a, in a really cool way. And I, I, I it's like, because, you know, as as the books go on, we're going to get much more plot and a lot less new information about the world. And like this, we're in like this perfect zone right now where, where both can be happening at once. And it's really cool. Um, yeah. And serious yeah, is I, scary. I, yeah. This is, I would forgotten. I'd completely forgotten um, that this is how Sirius was presented for the first parts of this book. I, I, mm-hmm. I remembered that he was a fugitive and I remembered that like, like, people were worried about him but i completely forgotten that everyone was worried that he was like literally coming to murder harry potter or whatever yeah Um, which is very cool like like definitely a much more interesting and dramatic uh 
dramatically interesting like plot to have than like some muggle-borns who we invented just for this book might get petrified, you know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, what what a mess. Uh so I, I'm liking this a lot more. Um uh I have a couple a couple little like extended extended plot stuff before we move on. Um yeah, yeah. one is Aunt Marge, which isn't obviously she's not in this chapter, but there is a Pottermore feature about her with some of JK Rowling's thoughts in it that expands oh, her yes. story, which is a little like uh, honestly who gives a shit like she's uh, she doesn't come back like she this is we <laughs> had a chapter with her and that's it she's gone um the new information that we do learn on pottermore is that aunt marge is in love with colonel fubster oh so um Something that no one asked for, no one wanted, wanted. Um, she is in love with Colonel Fubster, and that's why she's so nasty because he doesn't love her back. Um, also, oh. also, um, after J.K. Rowling wrote about Aunt Marge, and and but she regretted having her breed bulldogs because she found out later that bulldogs are actually very nice dogs. <laughs> well, okay, they are, but also I like the breeding bulldogs thing because you kind of do have to be kind of a shithead to to breed bulldogs because they are they're all like, fucked up. They're designer dogs that are like made for your entertainment, and like I love them dearly as creatures, but like the nicest thing to do would probably be to not breed them because. They're all, yeah, they're all fucked up. So that, that like, defangs her a little bit, honestly. If, also, if, I, also, I'm pretty sure that, like, I, I understand that some breeds have different, like, tendencies uh, toward different behaviors, but but any dog can be aggressive. Like, I, right, I, yeah. I, I kind of, I, so I, I know that we did not have Aunt Marge in this chapter, but I, I did not find that feature Um Pottermore is kind of making me crazy a little bit. I know I said it's my favorite website, but I'm start I'm starting to uh, there's a little bit of um a little bit of, you know, I'm cracking on the edges here because um I don't know if we've talked about this before, but it seems to cycle through the stories on the front page. So when I see Aunt Marge on the front page, I'm like is this new? Or is Pottermore like? Does it know the like know that I just read Chamber of Secrets uh, the, or, or is, not Chamber of Secrets? Azkaban. It I, is. It uh, is getting a little creepy because, and I'm starting to to like worry that there's like a secret radio that the government implanted in my teeth that is broadcasting to J.K. Rowling what we're talking about each week because there was also a a front page story about how like actually Dean Thomas was really cool after we were talking about how he was like a wasted opportunity in the second book. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I I think Pottermore might be spying on us. Um, That's (laughs) the, that's the real development here. I, I, Pottermore editors, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, please come on and tell us all about your, your crazy job. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that one obviously is, is, um, just just a little a little tidbit from Pottermore from our previous chapters. Um, but I think unless you have any closing thoughts about this one, I'll move on. Do you think that she felt the need to clarify that, that Aunt Marge was like in love with Colonel Fubster because she was worried that like people were going to accuse her of being like a mean butch stereotype or something? That would that- be quite honestly, I feel like no one thinks about Aunt Marge. So, so like unless <laughs> unless she's like really looking 
Uh, I. I mean, let's I be can't... real. J.K. Rowling is really looking like all <sighs> the time, always. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I just I never I I just don't think Aunt Marge is like enough of a character that I've I ever no. sat down. I mean, we just we just read this chapter and I wasn't like, damn, why is she so mean? <laughs> like I I just. It doesn't forget this bus. Why is the ant so mean? Yeah, so yeah. I don't. I don't know what that is all about, but yeah, let's. Uh, I think that's all I've got. Uh, sure. For this one. Let's move on yeah. to Harry's amazing diagonally vacation. Yeah. So the next chapter is chapter four, the Leaky Cauldron, uh, aka every kid's dream summer vacation world, <laughs> um, best time ever. We jump right back into it, and Harry is spending three weeks in Diagon Alley alone, just in a hotel room, which is sweet. There's just kind of general, just like wizard life fluff all all over. It's just like a lot of just kind of adorable, you know, best vacation ever. He's doing his homework at the ice cream shop where uh, Florian Fortescue is like helping him with his homework. He's going around and looking at all the shops. He thinks about buying some golden gobstones or like a big model of the galaxy. And then he sees the firebolt and it's so amazing. And he's, it's so fast and is the fastest, fastest <laughs> room in the world. He goes to the bookstore to kind of buy, buy his books and finds out that the monster book of monsters is a school book. So he's, he's pretty relieved that Hagrid isn't, isn't up to, um, to up to something crazy this time. I guess. Um, he also sees a book about death omens when he goes to get his divination books. And he worries about that on the last day of the holidays. He finds Ron and Hermione, I think at the ice cream shop, and then kind of has a little bit of a debrief with them um, about, about fudge, not expelling him for, for blowing up aunt Marge and Ron speculates. It's because Harry is just too much of a celeb to expel Hermione has gotten some birthday money. So they go to the magical menagerie to get her an owl. Also Scabbers is sick. Ron speculates that it's because Egypt didn't agree with him. So he goes to go get some rat tonic. A big cat attacks Scabbers while they go into, into the store and it's a big uh, ugly orange cat. Uh, Scabbers runs out the door. Ron and Harry leave the magical menagerie to go find Scabbers. And then when Hermione reunites with them, she bought the big cat, and that's Crookshanks. Back at the Leaky Cauldron, our, like we run into the Weasleys. I think we talked to Arthur first. He's been pulled off of his regular job to help catch Sirius because that's what the like the, the whole ministry is freaking out. We need to catch Sirius Black. Then we see Percy, and he's been made head boy. Fred and George are also there. Ginny is there and, and still shy or extra shy around Harry, but I don't think she says anything. And they all have dinner together. At dinner, the Weasleys say that, that the ministry got them cars to bring them to the train the next morning, and that's like another weird thing, and they kind of, you know, it's a little bit suspicious. He's like, oh no, they're just doing me a favor. It's no big deal. Uh, later that night when they're looking to go to bed or pack their things for the train the next morning, Ron and Percy are having a fight because Percy thinks that Ron 
lost his his head boy badge so harry kind of escapes to go get ron's rat tonic from downstairs and kind of avoid the fight but as he's walking downstairs he he hears that mr and mrs weasley are arguing so he he eavesdrops on them and it's and they're arguing mrs weasley does not think they should tell harry that sirius black is trying to kill him and mr weasley says that he has a right to know and they also talk about how they're azkaban guards at hogwarts harry's pretty pretty bummed out about Sirius Black trying to come and murder him, but he's more bummed about not being able to go to Hogsmeade because there's no way anyone's going to let let him if, if Sirius Black is coming to murder him. And that is the end of the chapter. I would kill to get three weeks vacation in a cool hotel room in London to go to Diagon Alley every day. Like, I was. I thought you were going to set me up to be like, well, let me tell you about the wonderful wizarding world of Harry Potter <laughs> in Universal Studios, but you specified that it was in London, so I couldn't. Um, well, I mean, yeah, well, when we go there, we're going to have them clear the street for us so we can film a reaction video. That's... I don't know if I can summon tears. I, f- I feel like all those reaction <laughs> videos, like someone has to cry like overwhelmed by the majesty of of the theme park and i just don't i just don't know if i have that in me and i i am a crier that is for sure but i don't know if i can cry at uh the fake Diagon Alley. i can just bring a spray bottle we okay can, yeah can just, uh, just a little bit of, a little bit of movie magic exactly speaking of magic uh i don't know this is just such a great um like like i've enjoyed the diagonally segments before but this one is coming from such a different place of like harry being in a relaxed state and spending free time there as opposed to like shuffling around between all the stuff he needs to get for school Um, yeah the it makes it, it and this is such a much like the the night bus stuff it's it's cool to get a picture of of uh diagon alley as something other than a plot device like like here's what it's like just like during the summer when like people who aren't students going to hogwarts are here doing stuff uh Mm -hmm. uh, it's not just the mall it's just not not just the mall for school supplies like it is a it is a like wizard hub or whatever it's just so cute yeah, I, I have nothing but good things to say about just the kind of general world stuff i i I know we said, we're like, can we get the magic back in Harry Potter? And I have to say, this was the chapter where I was just like, connected the most with that like kid feeling reading Harry Mm -hmm. Potter and being like, God, I wish I was there. Like that just Mm -hmm, sounds great. I mean, I would love a three week vacation. That is also true. Um, (laughs) But just every, every part of like Harry getting, getting to go and do his homework at the ice cream shop. Like that sounds great. Um, and like the the innkeeper Tom, you know, and bringing the food, it just it just sounds very magical. He has to have, he has to have a pub breakfast every day, uh, which sounds fucking amazing. Like he's I'm just gonna go jealous. get like a full full English breakfast every morning before he goes to like his magical vacation. Like, yeah, hell yeah. Um, I love. Okay. The the fireball is great, but this is the last time they get to talk about how cool a broom is. I'm sorry. The we we've got the Nimbus 2000. Wow, it's the fastest broom in the world. And we got the Nimbus 2001, which is one faster. And now we have the fireball, <laughs> which is uh, what what is this? Like zero to one fifty in in ten seconds. Which which is that very? I don't I don't know how you, you fast know, that's stuff probably, is. That that feels 
I'm sure that feels insanely fast if you are riding it, because that's like a motorcycle sized thing. But like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure like expensive, like like at the at the level of expensive that they seem to be implying the Firebolt is the car cars going like zero to a hundred and like six seconds or whatever so wizards have got some catching up to do there I yeah think. yeah i guess so um do you think that is is purchasing a broom like purchasing a car yeah i mean this much like the uh, i love that we, we we're, we're talking about how much we love this but we're also just getting into the nitty-gritty of dumb bullshit like this but it is it did occur to me that this is very similar to the egypt vacation thing i was like wait how much do things cost here because it, it's not making any more sense as the series goes on. Because uh, Harry Harry's talking about like buying a like you know he wants to buy the broom, but he's talking about it like it is an impossible purchase for him, even though he's fucking loaded, right? Like, so it's got to be like yeah. a sports car or something. I mean, I guess that there doesn't need to be a real world no like, corollary, right? Like that's, but it it's like it kind the brooms are coming at such so many angles because you know that they, that they're used for travel but they're also used for sports so is this like use it like buying a sports car versus like a honda accord mm-hmm. um or are the like shitty brooms more like buying expensive sports equipment i'm i'm very unclear the kind of like the scope of this technology, I guess, but I, I do overall like the setup of, of the oh, Firebolt. It's, it's, it's a great setup. It, it, it's totally fine. It's just one of those things where, like, if you think about it too much, it kind of gets confusing because also, like, the only barometer we have for like the quality of a broom is the speed, like flat out, <laughs> which seems like maybe not the only thing you would need. Like, there are a lot of cars that can go fast in a straight line, but like, you don't want to drive a drag racing car everywhere you know <laughs> like, I, like i think this does say it has pinpoint precision oh that's true yes um but yeah we need some more stats for sure yeah i, um, I want broom stats i want i want i want broom i want youtube reviews of brooms from like guy wizards with gopros uh and like out in a field somewhere like yeah like yeah i, I need that <laughs> in my life I don't know what version of the book you have, but did you laugh at the font? And by oh, that I yes. mean, like the description of the Firebolt is in like a indented block of text, yeah. as if you are reading it, and it says the Firebolt in just the funniest like. It's very. I, good. I don't know how to describe it, but I I did laugh at the font here. So if anyone's I, got a copy and want to flip to flip to the Firebolt chapter, it's. I was it I was having that bit. thought as well with the um, the the letters in the Owlpost chapter because the signatures are all like in a like bespoke like like oh have, yeah like, and Hermione's and like pretty cursive yeah like, very and I'm, neat I'm just cursive. thinking like that. That has to be like JK flexing on her on her publisher, right? Like, like, <laughs> like, no, you are gonna you are gonna like do custom typesetting for my for my Harry Potter book, like, hell yeah. Uh, um, so that 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 was a cute flex. Um, I love the 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 dual detail of like, uh, the Monster Book of Monsters being like when you order lobster at a fancy restaurant and they have to fish it out of the tank or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that was already funny, but when Ron says that the assistant nearly cried when we told him we needed two is like <laughs> one of the best jokes that they've done, I think in this, 
in, in the, the jokes so are back. There are so the many jo- jokes in this chapter, and they're funny. They're There's very understated and good. Oh, okay. Actually, sorry. Speaking of favorites, I think this might be my favorite, but I'm actually not sure if it's a joke. But if it is, I love it. <laughs> the the offhand line about so like like Florence. Uh, like Fortescue himself was helping him with his homework. He sure seemed to know a lot about medieval witch burnings or whatever. <laughs> like that is totally like a joke about him also being into being like wizard burned, right? Because th- there's the <laughs> there's the woman who Harry was writing about. Uh, but just the way that that line is written, so like, huh? He sure like, well, Mr. Fortescue he sure knows, knows a lot, lot about, about this. Uh, like that 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 to me read like 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 that's mr fortescue's kink or whatever like it's, i thought that was very funny yeah it definitely had a uh it was easy to read it that way either way it's a it's a like it's a cute line also yeah. um i i liked there's like I mean, there's so many jokes. There's the invisible book of invisibility. We never found them. Um, <laughs> like that's just which, so stupid. It's which so is really dumb, good. and I and I definitely <laughs> laughed. Um, yeah. So I I, oh, I like all that. Speaking, sorry, speaking of joke book titles, we need to talk about the, the one that oh, is God. very funny on its. It's very funny on its own, but also the way it's written and how we read it. The uh, let me find the actual passage here. Uh, starting divination, are you, said the manager, stripping off his gloves and leading Harry to the back of the shop, where there was a corner devoted to fortune-telling. A small table was stacked with volumes such as Predicting the Unpredictable, Insulate Yourself Against Shocks, and Broken Balls When Fortune Turns Foul. One, I love the title Broken Balls, uh, <laughs> but also, I swear I read that as one title. Predicting uh, the unpredictable, insulate yourself against shocks and broken balls. I thought that, that was I, that was how I read it. Absolutely, I, and I feel like it's if you look at the for, the way it's formatted, at least in the paperback, it, it it's very easy to read it that way because it's all in italics apart from the and separating them. Um, here's I here's what I want to know: mm. Do you think Horatio Hurtwood wrote the book Broken Balls when Fortune oh! Turned Foul? Oh yes, because we aren't given an author, um, and I know that Horatio is a is a man of many talents, and I I guarantee you that he wrote the Broken Balls book. Yes, Horatio Hurtwood is the author of Broken Balls. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Holy shit! Yeah, the lore just deepens just every day. I can't. I cannot believe it. But God, that's good. It's right in there. He's in in there. He's in there. He's canon. He's the author. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna edit the Harry Potter wiki. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, I need to make this official. That that is fucking incredible. Um uh I'm also mad that the the uh the charity books we got were Fantastic Beasts and Quidditch Through the Ages and not uh Fantastic Beasts and uh Broken Balls. By Horatio <laughs> Hurtwood. <laughs> I nearly said broken balls and where to find them. <laughs> you find it in hurtwood house (laughs) oh my god that should be the next that's the film franchise that they do after fantastic beasts i can't wait oh my god yeah the bookstore is a highlight and we we get we get like two of the coolest things for me which is one they go to a bookstore and then two they go to the animal store yes and yes 
It is so cute. I want to go there. I want some I want some rats that can jump rope with their tails. I think one of my favorite parts is when Ron is showing scabbers to the the person that is working at the menagerie and they say uh what powers does he have? <laughs> yeah. It's really good. That's that's what a fucking beautiful world they live in where that is a question that you can ask about a household pet. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Uh, we get the turtles that are in the video games. Um, yes. Uh, we get uh, the rats. We get double-ended newts. I love that it doesn't specify which end. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I love Crookshanks. I am when when Hermione walks out of the store holding Crookshanks up and saying, "Isn't he gorgeous?" That is uh, that is the biggest mood I've ever been served by by this series so far. I love it. I I love Crookshanks. Um, I'm I'm in, I like the beginning of that tension that is going to to continue as you know Crookshanks attempts to hunt down Peter Pettigrew for the entirety of this book. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Harry again has a joke. Like I keep talking about the jokes that are back, and and Ron says like, "What was that, Crookshanks?" And he says, "It was either a very big cat or quite a small tiger." Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Um, yeah, I, and I, I like the beginning. We, we've we talked a bit about how frustrated we remember being by the, like, intra-trio, like, angst in these books. And how, like, the Harry and Ron conflicts, like, just repeats itself over five books or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do really like the Hermione and Ron bickering over Quirkshanks and Scabbers as a like that feels like such a more in character way to like put a wedge between them than than some of the other stuff in this series that I remember Mm -hmm. yeah um because it because it's not only just that like oh your cat is chasing my rat all the time there is until we know that it's Peter Pettigrew and that there's something else behind it there there is a element of it like both being like you know clashing personality types like it like it it it, it's it symbolizes like their different personalities and also like different classes like like hermione just walked in and bought a very expensive cat that is chasing his hand-me-down rat all the Mm -hmm. time that he has to now like keep an eye on like it's it's a really great way to manifest some some like tensions between them that haven't been a problem yet in the books i i, I think that's really cute and then and, and well done i i do think it's interesting that that is also put in contrast to ron when ron and harry are talking about why harry didn't get expelled ron is like oh well it's because you're so famous don't worry about it man um that is later going to be the biggest source of tension between them totally right? yeah because because it's always Harry getting all the attention and Harry getting to join the Triwizard Tournament and it's, you know, he's the chosen, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But at this point in their relationship, it's like it's sowing those seeds because it's something that that Ron knows about, he comments on, he doesn't care about, right? Like, this is a... Yeah. Like, it's... I thought that was... I was surprised to see that come up or I guess be, be like, verbalized by Ron so early. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought that that was really interesting. That is a good point. Speaking of jokes, too, the um, all of the head boy stuff is so. Fred and George are back with a vengeance in this one. I I love it. The, yeah, no, no animal cruelty yet. Just uh, just being mean to their 
their goofy <laughs> older brother. Um, I, I liked the line where Harry sees Percy again, and it says, like, Percy held out his hand solemnly as though he and Harry had never met. I la- I laughed at that. <laughs> yeah, Percy, Percy, like getting he- the head boy designation and like becoming a different person and like calling his parents mother and father instead of <laughs> you know mom and dad or whatever is really funny. Um, I also love the detail about when uh, they're talking about how like the cars are gonna have a badge for just for you, Percy. It's gonna be HB and it's gonna be for humongous big head or whatever. And the the detail that. Uh, everyone laughed except what was it Molly and Percy so mm-hmm. like like Arthur Weasley is in on this too he thinks this is fucking hilarious like there there's some there's some really great like subtle family interaction stuff in there yeah I don't I don't really know how to do anything but kind of gush about this chapter it's, um, it's so good um yeah like like there's there's no there's no racist goblin stuff there's no <laughs> uh yeah wow like like this is just like here's diagonally but as you this is the now i understand why why people would make reaction videos and cry of them crying seeing diagonally in the theme park or whatever because now i understand the character of the place so much better than i did because if you think about like the first book the first book it was kind of a vehicle for hagrid to just exposit details at Harry and we didn't get to explore it as readers or anything really. But this, this just creates such a better sense of place of like, yeah. And Harry's very like at home here. Like he's a wizard Mm -hmm. and he, you know, gets to be there and that's, that's kind of where he belongs, Uh, especially with how emotional, honestly, the Dursley Dursley chapters were this, this time around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I have one nitpick. And it's yes. only, and this is a token nitpick, and maybe it's something that you noticed, or maybe not, because it literally doesn't matter, but I've been gushing way too much about <laughs> these two chapters, so... This, this is, is a cynical lot. podcast, damn it, we need to... Yeah, this we need- is! I'm supposed to be mad! Um, so the one <laughs> thing I'm going to say is, I thought it was really weird that Harry was worried about the Death Omens book. Um, it seemed like the plot was like getting ahead of itself a little bit, because so far he's seen a dog. Um, and it doesn't, and it doesn't, and it doesn't, spe- and it doesn't specify that there's even like a dog on the cover. And I went back to look, like, does did the book say there was a big scary dog on the cover? It's like, no, it just says the title of the book, which is like Death Omens: What to Do When You Know the Worst Is Coming, or something. There has been no, like, that hasn't been established yet, and it like catches Harry's eye. And I understand that, like, later on, he's gonna get the Death Omen, like told to him by Trelawney and then he's gonna be like oh shit this is coming up again but it's like those two things are reversed I, yeah, I don't understand the progression I, of that moment I'm like ha- like Harry like wh- why are you so paranoid you you saw a dog and got like startled but there's no like dog really I don't I don't understand that part I guess yeah I'm just double checking here Maybe I missed no, something. I, I, no, I, it does say that. Unless, okay, maybe we have different editions or something. It does say, Harry continued to stare at the front cover of the book. It showed a, a black dog, large as a bear, with gleaming eyes. It looked oddly familiar. Do I have a different edition? Because I like went back in this spot. It is its like... own paragraph, like like inserted into this conversation. But yeah, it is there. Um, okay, for me, it's well, on page 54. 
Okay, I have no nitpicks in this whole chapter. <laughs> no, okay. Here's okay. So so here is my um to, to to make sure you don't feel bad about missing this. Here is my way dumber thing that I did in the night bus chapter, which is there's that line where Harry is imagining um how things are going to shake out like living as a fugitive or whatever and there's the there's like an imagined line from Stan Shunpike where he says like like, ooh, like, Neville Longbottom was Harry Potter on me bus or whatever. And the first time I read it, I got so confused. <laughs> I just read it like that was a line that had happened. And then two pages later, when he runs into Cornelius Fudge, and it's revealed that he's Harry Potter, I was like, no, you just told, like, Stan Shumpike just told you that he knew. And I was so fucking confused for, like, five solid minutes until I reread the entire chapter and caught that it was, a, it was like, an imagined <laughs> sequence. Well... I, I guess so, I guess this podcast is really getting to us. I just flipped to the page and I'm like, "Yep, there it is." I guess I my eyes just moved moved completely past that. So, <laughs> uh, no, so no, I, I edit what I said. I have no, I have no complaints about this chapter. Yeah, it was really, really, really good. Um, yeah, this is a really good book so far. And here's the thing: I'm having a great time with it, but also knowing that we were also kind of in a similar position with chamber of secrets at this point. Like, I don't know if my heart can take it, if it's going to go down from here, you know, like, I, I have a good, I have a good feeling about this. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I am, I am laughing a little bit that, um, that Arthur Weasley who works an office job, I guess, I assume is, is now is like, he's like been deputized. It's like, you're a cop. Now we have to catch serious black. <laughs> Well, I, I love that, though, because I love the, the what that does for the stakes, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, it's like we like, have to no, do whatever we can. Yeah, the ministry is fucking serious about this. Um, I do. I do want to mention it is a little funny that the ministry apparently has a fleet of cars when wizards don't know what parking meters are. Um, and and Arthur having a car was a like outlandish thing. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see whether we get any details on how what that experience is like because we also have a bus now, right? So they like yeah. we're running up. We're running up on the walls of like what actually does cross over between the wizarding and Muggle worlds at this point. Yeah, they don't know what buses are, but they do know what a wizard bus is. It's different. Yeah. It's like it's, it's like the- Broadway and Wizard Broadway. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Wizard bus, wizard Broadway, wizard cars. Totally. I, I'll. Yeah. I'm. Whatever. I'm down for it. I, I'm. I'm loving this chapter and like this this book so far too much to dwell on that that kind of thing. You know, it's <laughs> it's 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 not worth it. It's it's too good a story at this point to to really worry about that stuff. I can't yep. wait to read more. I'm I'm excited. Yep. Me too. I guess we can kind of kind of wrap up our chapter discussion unless you have anything else to add. And uh, and after uh, the break, uh, we can do a little activity. All right. Sounds good.
Hello and welcome back. I figured that for today, uh, we could do some some activities relating to the fandom, since honestly, we had had such a good good reading this week. Um, and I feel like we've picked on Reddit enough, don't you think? Absolutely. Mm, well, uh, uh, we'll be back. Oh, we'll be. We'll certainly be back to Reddit. I uh, I can't take it anymore, though. Um, <laughs> Fair. So so I decided to go to kind of the their the little the quirky cousins over at at Tumblr. Hell um, yeah! You know we all Tumblr. We all know and love you um, and your 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 crazy crazy fandom fandom stuff. And I, I know that kind of the big fandoms, as far as I know right now on Tumblr, being like being Marvel and um, and probably Star Wars, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Harry Potter fandom, they are still kicking around on there. Good, thank God. Like, got you. Got to respect the classics, in my opinion. And you do, and yeah. Harry Potter is a classic fandom. Uh, so I don't know how many of you, our dear listeners, are are familiar with the popular blog format, which is the confession blog. Um, in short, someone, someone, you know, has a blog and they accept anonymous submissions from people. Uh, and they and they're supposed to be supposed to be confessions, typically about a, about a fandom. So, um, and then that person who has the blog turns that into a beautiful image where they <laughs> they take a a you know a still from a related still from from a movie or you know an illustration. They just stick it through whatever filter Tumblr loves. Um, and then they put the text over it. Uh, so it's kind of a way, it's like part diary confession style type thing, part uh, some people don't listen to the prompt and really just kind of say whatever the hell they want. <laughs> I feel um, like the two the two <laughs> genres of these that you typically see in any given topic are you get the the flavor of them, which is like, I think that everyone who ships these two characters belongs in the fucking Hague. Uh, (laughs) Or you get like, I want the Hulk to hit my back walls or something, you know, like, like, those are the the two, like, yeah. Yeah. And then some are that like, I I don't know. I think there's like a hidden third one where it's just like an incomprehensible ramble. That's like, why didn't you write this on your own damn blog? (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, So I figured that, you know, and, and and these are all posted they're posted anonymously um, on this like aggregate blog and it's just everyone's confessions. And, and the thing is, is like, you know, all these confessions are, are being, being put out there, but it's time for us, the shrieking shack to be the confessional. I think it is time that we hear these confessions that, you know, the fandom is crying out with all of these things. And it's time to, to say, you know, whether they can be absolved of their sin, um, or, or if it, you know, it's it's a mortal sin, and and there's no coming back from this this horrible, horrible fandom sin. Perfect, Draco um, Dormian's Nunquam Titulandus, my child. Thank you, thank you. Um, I will start um, not with with one from from this blog, but actually with a confession of my own. Okay. Um, it's not going to be anonymous because. You- no, I know. I know that this this is part of the power of my confession, though, because it's not anonymous, um, and it's it's in front of all all of the the listeners that that really have been uh, the victims of this this horrible horrible thing that I've done. Um, <laughs> I 
have sinned in saying that Tonks was a Slytherin because she's not. I have gone on the record and said that Tonks was a Slytherin when she <laughs> is in fact a Hufflepuff. Um, now, before before I I am I am judged for this horrible crime, I would like to say in my defense that the only reason that I thought this is because the Pottermore article that is Slytherins that broke the mold puts Tonks on the list and it's her mom. But I always read it as being Nymphadora Tonks because her mom isn't a character in the books. Oh, right. Yeah. Also, wait, isn't this also my, I think this is my, I think we, we both bear this sin at least because I think I said the same thing at one point. I was, I was sure she was a Slytherin. That's because of this damn, this damn article. Pottermore. I think that's Pottermore's sin. Honestly, that's that's a lie. Yeah, that's a they're telling a fib by omission. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, it does say Andromeda Tonks, but um, I mean, I don't know if a character can break the mold if they're not a <laughs> character. Andromeda Tonks. <laughs> yeah, she was oh, a Slytherin. Oh no. So I guess so I guess that's like as a practice run that's my confession. I I thought that that Tonks was a Slytherin and this whole time she's been a Hufflepuff. Do you think that's uh something that can be forgiven or I is that just I think I, it can. I appreciate I think, that. I I I think that can be forgiven because like so many people on Reddit, on Tumblr, on on the internet at large, uh you can you can search any character's name and see a million why wasn't X in Y house uh, <laughs> questions. So I think I think I think we can be. I think I think it is possible to forgive mistaking that because ultimately it doesn't fucking matter because uh, all of the characters get sorted wherever the plot needs them to be. Yeah. Oh, I pre- I feel unburdened. I appreciate yeah. that. So so now that we kind of have practiced a little bit, I'll I'll move on um, and do some some confessions from Tumblr. Um, and this is going to be a great transition because I'm going to go into one that is about Tonks. Um, and this one uh, is about Nymphadora Tonks of Hufflepuff. This anonymous user says, I've always liked Tonks, but after befriending her in Hogwarts mystery, I fell in love with her. Oh, my. Um, oh my is right. Um, hmm. The one that I, I I hand selected this one because I'm I'm worrying that playing Hogwarts mystery and liking Hogwarts mystery is <laughs> it's hard to come back from at this point. Yeah, that might be the sin, the sin of vice. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I have a few thoughts here. I would sure. say that like like I think nearly everyone who read the books, I absolutely had a crush on Tonks uh tonks is the original goth gf i think for a lot of people um i think the difference here being that isn't tonks a child in hogwarts mystery i mean you are also a child in hogwarts mystery yes but like (laughs) falling in love with a child if, if if what you need if what you need to fall in love with with a with a person fictional or otherwise is to see see them as a thirteen year old I don't think that that's I mean, good I, I will say 
say to be fair, I, the the like uh, like the art and ho- they're like they're per- they're persona teens for sure. Okay, right? yeah, that's true because because the the art has to work for years one through seven, doesn't it? Because I don't <laughs> think the character models change, right? They are um, cartoon people for sure. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So okay. So maybe that maybe that's not. Uh, I I I think you're probably closer to the the root of the problem here, which is that uh, if you're playing Hogwarts mystery that much. Uh, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I mean, the fandom has come out hard against Hogwarts Mystery, that's for sure. We mm-hmm. we have high standards for Harry Potter video games. We want uh, Arkham Snape. And this, yes, we do want Arkham Snape. Um, Snape is also great in Hogwarts Mystery, by the way. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I, I think that this one's going to be like a close one, huh? But yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if the sin is so great. I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, anything you can, I don't think it, I don't think that this, this condemns you. I think that, um, I think that playing a lot of Hogwarts mystery probably isn't great. Uh, I would say though, that if you can delete the app and say one hail JK for every microtransaction that you fed (laughs) into the game, you will be absolved. Perfect. That sounds great to me. Are you ready for our (laughs) next one? Yes. Okay, uh, this one is also related to video games, and it and is a topic that is near and dear to our our hearts here on the show. Yes, I really want there to be a triple A RPG where you go through all seven years Fuck. in Ilvermorny. Oh, I'd wait. Love- oh, twist <laughs> the twist! I'd love to see how different it is from Hogwarts, both inside and out, while also recapturing the feeling of discovery that I get from the first three games. Oh, ooh, ooh, true. I, I mean, I will agree with that. Um, <laughs> uh, w- from what little we've played of the of the or seen of the the PS one game of Chamber of Secrets, that definitely gave me one hell of a sense of discovery uh, because I did not know what the <laughs> fuck to expect. So, um, so really, this person is asking for a triple A RPG remake of the PlayStation games. Um, I would say that that's not even close to a sin. Uh, I would I would confess that big same uh, mm. I I also want this uh, and and also Arkham Snape um, uh, yeah but yeah I I would I would um, I don't know like if you watch any any movie or or TV show or whatever that has like a like a priest but he's cool and like there's a scene that's really dramatic where someone confesses something and then the priest is like haha that's not a sin let's go get a milkshake or something that's that's what i'm doing here i'm 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 laughing heartily at what the the person in the confession booth is saying and and I'm being like yeah me too bud yeah yeah i think that's like a definitely a hidden third option um yeah that I that I do agree with. Um, so I, I'll I'll move on to our next one. They they can get on out of there. Um, not interested in that kind of confession. Um, this one is very short. Uh, and again, another topic that we uh, we like a lot here on the Shriekcast. Mm-hmm. Head cannon. Snape is five six. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> God damn it! Oh. And now. And now this is something I didn't notice until I'm looking at it now. Cause I, of course I saw a confession about, about height um, or character height. And I didn't, didn't think twice before, before wanting to use it. Uh, but I didn't notice that the formatting appears to be 
like like they reversed the foot and inch symbol, so it actually just looks like five inches six feet. But I'm just going to <laughs> assume that, I just assume they mean five six, yeah, as in five feet six inches. Um, I think this is a grave sin. This is I, a sin for sure. Uh, you're telling yeah. me that Snape is like the same height as Harry or whatever, or shorter <laughs> than Harry? Like fucking no way. <laughs> Well, actually, we okay. We did. I mean, maybe this is me partaking in this sin as well. Didn't we float the idea? No pun intended. That that Snape was quite short and was just flying everywhere with longer robes. <laughs> yeah, but saying saying Snape is three feet tall and is floating everywhere is very <laughs> different from saying he's he's five six and floating just maybe four inches off the ground. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. One is a much graver insult, I suppose. Yeah, I'm I'm not with this, but I'm going to say that this is a mortal sin unless yeah, you take sorry. this back. Yeah, um, you're out Snape, of there. <laughs> Snape is tall. Snape is a is a tall, imposing figure, uh, and he certainly is not five six. <laughs> I would be taller than Snape in this situation, which is unthinkable. That yeah, that's uh, unacceptable for sure. I would be um, wildly tall. I would be five inches taller, towering over Severus I'd be Snape. Towering. I would. I would be able to like do the thing where. He's swinging his arms at me, but I'm holding him by the head, like, like out, and he can't hit me, and he's getting more and more frustrated like a cartoon. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm just, like, a hair over 5'5", five five, so, like, honestly, not that much shorter than Snape at 5'6". <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, Mortal Sin, not into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, that's that is no good. Absolutely, get hell. out of here. Um, yeah. I I do like our our um uh this version of of the confession booth <laughs> where, where <laughs> I'm sorry, can't do anything about that. Um, no. Also crowdsourced for sure. Um, so our next one is is a bit of a this is a spicy one. Are you ready? Yeah. I like to headcanon that the wizarding world is originally pagan. Ooh. Um, here's the thing. Definitely sympathize with this because it would make sense considering like the way that witch burnings and stuff run up against it and all of the imagery is borrowed from pagan cultures. Uh, the thing I would say is that this is J.K. Rowling's world, and she can do what she wants. She and can absolutely, yeah, and pagans, absolutely no, yeah, no fucking way. J.K. Rowling has no room for Wiccans, so I'm going to say that's not a sin. That's just like, you got to hit the books some more, you know? Yeah, like, go, back to, go back to school, kid. Yeah, that's that's like some theology. That's like coming in and like... Like you're 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 in mass or whatever, and then you're talking about like Dante's Inferno or whatever. It's like, buddy, that is not in the canon. It's just a cool book. You gotta you gotta go back and start over. Uh, yeah, start all the way over. You gotta go back to gotta go back to Zadok uh, from from Abraham to Zadok. Start it all over. Uh, uh, that was uh, a yeah. joke for not exactly none of our listeners, but uh, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, not a sin, just, just, just not canon. Yeah. Well, sounds good to me. Um, our next one is, uh, a little bit, uh, 
I guess not really about about Harry Potter specifically, um, but it is about about J.K. Ooh. And it is. I swear J.K. is just making up Harry Potter stuff because she's scared that the money will stop and Harry Potter will be forgotten and something new will take its place. Oh, fuck. I love this one so much. <laughs> um, first of all, I mean, this has so many layers because, like, one... I mean, true. She is just making Harry Potter up. That is exactly <laughs> just making up Harry. She's making Harry Potter stuff up, really. <laughs> well, mm, there's a there's a there's a theory about that that we'll we'll talk about one day uh, mm. about her really being a journalist or whatever. But for now, let's operate under the our current assumption that yes, Harry Potter is a work of fiction. Um, <laughs> oh my god! So yes, one, she is making it up. Two. Uh, I mean, I we are certainly not above accusing uh, Warner Brothers and J.K. Rowling of just milking Harry Potter as a cash cow, but mm-hmm. I don't think J.K.'s J.K. Rowling's money is going to run out anytime soon. I think that I think that once you have like a, a, a billion dollars and counting because you've created the actual biggest media franchise in the world and also have new movies coming out. Uh, I don't think the money is going anywhere. Um, I don't think JK is like in any danger. Yeah, I have this incredible picture in my in my mind of like, uh, like debtors coming to her castle and like like taking her (laughs) furniture away. She's like, damn it! I guess I'll make up some more Harry Potter stuff. Gotta keep the lights on somehow, ma'am. Ma'am, if you don't if you don't make any if you don't make a payment in the next week, we will be repossessing both of your tree houses. (laughs) Um, oh, okay, I guess I gotta gotta get some more Harry Potter stuff your, made up. Your your equestrian school uh, will be <laughs> will become property of the state unless. Uh, yeah, I. Hmm. Th- yeah this this is this is brushing up on some legitimate critiques, but it is expressed in such a bizarre way. Like plenty of things have come and quote unquote replaced Harry Potter. It's just that there's a fandom that's built in now, right? Like yeah, like like Marvel is the new quote-unquote new harry potter at this point i would say in terms of like new fan mind share but harry potter still makes a lot of fucking money uh no one stopped caring about harry potter um uh they i, I think that they, might be the sin right to think that someone could forget yeah. about harry potter how yeah um yeah the sin yeah uh, it, it can't be forgotten. I don't know if this is a mortal sin, but like no. you, know, you know, step back and take a look at the fandom, and you know, and and realize that it will spend, it will never be forgotten. Spend some time on on the Harry Potter Reddit and see just how fervent everyone still is. Uh, you know, like yeah, yeah, it's not going anywhere. J.K. did make it all up, but <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not a lie. No, no, no false accusations are being leveled at her here. Just, just maybe the uh, the gravity of of her, uh, um, of what her, you know, her dealings are, are being exaggerated here. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So just a little sin. Yeah. They can. They'll be all right, though. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, uh, so the next one. Speaking of things that that J.K. Rowling is making up for, so she can like keep her 
her treehouse from being <laughs> being uh, repossessed. Um, the Cursed Child is like the new Star Wars movies. While technically canon, they were produced after the story had already ended purely for profit. Sure, they're canon, but they aren't accepted <laughs> by the majority God of the fans. Oh, no. Oh, are we bringing Star Wars discourse into our Harry Potter podcast? Hell um, yeah, I just watched The Last Jedi for the first time last ooh. weekend. It's fucking 2018 in July. Uh, so I had ooh. to include, uh, I had to include to, this one. We're going to have to wrap about uh, last jedi after the show but yeah um, yeah um so that so the conf- what is this confessing that they that they think that all of the new stuff is bad is that also the- yeah and also this this idea that um that they are technically canon but not accepted by the majority of fans and that's coming twofold mm-hmm. as being like curse a child is not accepted yeah. And also the new Star Wars movies are not accepted. Okay, we've talked about this before Which... and I stand by and I stand by it. Uh this is exactly what Harry Potter fans deserve. Cursed Child is 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 exactly what everyone wanted. <laughs> uh, by by standing by and saying that bullshit like the epilogue to 7 was acceptable and stuff, the, you are reaping what you sow if you are a like died in the wool zero criticisms harry potter fan who hates cursed child like this is what you wanted the same way that like when um you know when when not not last jedi but when force awakens came out and everyone was like oh they just made a new hope again that's literally what you asked for for 15 years after the prequels like came out it's like (laughs) like, why are the prequels like not saying the prequels are good mind you but like going like no why are they why aren't they just making adventure movies again like like well there you go you fucking got what you wanted you got the like made in a lab star wars movie designed to appeal to exactly what you want uh and that's what cursed child is cursed child is like like oh you loved all the bullshit in the epilogue and you love you love it when when people post Hogwarts is my home always on Tumblr, here's what you get. You get a three hour Broadway play of people <laughs> saying that bullshit. So yeah, I'm going to say this is a mortal sin. You, this is, this is the cross you bear as a Harry Potter fan. You don't get to pick and choose. Yeah. Yeah. It is. A, it is as if the cursed child is, is coming down from one high to smite, smite <laughs> the fans with, exactly. with their, the, with its, it's, uh incredible power so this is uh, so this is the okay so you know the you know the whole like like um aphorism about how there's the there's the shipwreck and there's the guy who refuses to get on the lifeboat because he knows god is with him and then a, a, another boat comes by and he says no i i'm fine swimming because god is with me and then he drowns and like and, and <laughs> he goes he goes to goes to you know uh hell or i can't even remember which direction he went but there's different versions of this joke but like he goes like but like where was god he was supposed to be with me he's like well god sent you a lifeboat and a and a a scuba (laughs) diver or whatever like this is that cursed child cursed child is everyone sitting around going like why doesn't jk rowling write a new harry potter book i love the first seven so much and you got it You, (laughs) you, you got exactly what you asked for and you just rejected it so there you go yeah all right. Yep. To to hell, to hell with with all of you. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, the, the next one is a little bit relevant to our future reading this season, season three. I think. I think she's in this. 
I will defend Cho Chang to the ends of the earth. She was a sweet, sweet girl who went through far too much grief and hardship, and she deserves all the love and happiness in her future. Um, yeah. I'm worried that this is a sin against the fandom. Yeah. Um, because Cho Chang is is just the most vile, horrible, horrible character in the in the in all the books. Yes, according to the fandom. Yes, she is. Uh, she is. She is like Judas to Harry. Uh, <laughs> except it's not really her; it's her friend, right? She her her friend snitches on the yes. order. Yep. So it's not even Cho. Why? Why do we hate Cho Chang again? What is it? Uh, I think it's because people think that she uses Harry to like cope with her boyfriend being murdered or something. Um, and didn't oh, that's actually... right. Harry is a huge asshole to her. Cause he's like, 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 yeah, he's like why are you crying? crying? Yeah. Why is she, why is this girl crying all the time? It's just her boyfriend died. What a, yeah. what a loser. Yeah. Um, this is, this is, this is a problem because I'm caught between, um, honoring the fandom's wishes and the fandom canon, which is that, that uh, Cho Chang is a harpy who deserves to be burned at the stake or whatever. And the truth of the matter, which is that people are just fucking weird about Cho Chang. And I don't know why. Um, yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't know about that. This is a thinker. This might, this might require some like, I might have to like open a, a wing of the cathedral to, to dedicate it to this theological study. Um, yeah, I mean, this person that's in our in our in our confession booth. I mean, we could put put it on hold. You know, it's like we we're gonna need more more information. We might have to go and and do some do some meditating. We must consult. Yeah, we have to consult the monastery. Um, uh, maybe hold a summit. Um, have the monks brew some beer. Yeah. for us uh yeah i yeah i don't i don't know if i have a, a, a an answer for this one this might might require some some deep soul searching and, and textual diving because yeah i i don't know why everyone hates cho chang so much and i i want to say it's just because the fandom has weird hang-ups about a lot of the female characters in harry potter hmm. but <laughs> but also I haven't I don't remember a thing about her in the books really so yeah yeah so so we'll put that on hold um the next one is another um positive confession and I included this one because I'm wondering if this is your confession okay are you ready ready Minerva McGonagall is the best person to have ever existed I love her she's the best combination of secretly a cinnamon roll and could actually kill you and she is just the literal best (laughs) oh no um this is a disappointed one this person and i might be on a similar wavelength i guess but i would uh, (laughs) i've never heard you describe mcgonagall as a cinnamon roll but that's kind of a that's kind of a tumblr special right there yeah perfect little baby cinnamon roll yeah i don't know if i like cinnamon roll for for hot mcgonagall um Hmm. and and while i do like mcgonagall a whole lot um, I would say if you were to ask me point blank who I thought the best person in the whole franchise was. The literal would, best. The literal best. It would probably be Gilderoy Lockhart. Or, <laughs> yeah. Or Snape or Tonks. I'd say those are my top three. Those are my big my big three. Uh, like, much like JK's big seven. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so kind of like a small sin because I'm I'm okay with liking McGonagall this much. I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit. I'm like kind of like sin okay. is calling her a cinnamon roll. Yeah, because uh, I, I don't I don't get that vibe from her. No, I I I would say that she's like a. If you're gonna ha- if you have to t- compare characters to food stuff, I would say that like McGonagall's like a. <laughs> I was about to say tall drink of water. I'm ready. Um. <laughs> No, I don't know. Like she seems bitter and 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 crisp. She's like a cider or a or a mm. shot of liquor or something. Mm. Uh, that that would make more sense than than cinnamon roll. All right. Well, sins all is around. A roll. Yeah, yeah. Crookshanks is. Yeah. So, okay. Not not okay. my confession. Not a not not a sin to love McGonagall. Definitely a sin to call her a cinnamon roll. Is what I'll say. Agree. Agree. Okay. Um. So our next one. Uh. I think this this uh submission is a little bit confused because um for those that are very familiar with Tumblr, um there's another kind of genre of blog which are imagine blogs and they typically are like submissions that you send in and you say like. Uh, imagine Loki is in your house when you wake up cooking you breakfast and then like the the creator of the blog will write like a little story for you Um, so I think this person like I think this person may have like took a wrong turn and was trying to like submit to an imagine blog okay but uh but I still think it's extremely sinful so I'll I'll read it anyway oh no Imagine the whole series where instead of Voldemort wearing that black flowy robe of his, he has to wear tight leather pants. Oh, no. Um, I mean, <laughs> that would be funny for the movies because that would just be Ralph Ralph Fiennes walking around in, in, in tight spats all the time. But uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if he would be and this isn't I'm not, you know, judging how people choose to dress. I just don't think I would be quite as intimidated by Voldemort if he wasn't wearing like a robe, you know, like, like a robe. It would be a different kind of intimidation for sure. Yeah. It would be more like the Rocky horror picture show or something where he's like vamping on everyone. And I don't know if that's really the vibe I get from Voldemort. I, I kind of wish it was now that I think about it (laughs) so much better. If like Voldemort was like this, like flamboyant and like clever witty character instead of a, boring yeah. guy who yeah to be honest who, if you're gonna live forever like you might as well do it do it right yeah i mean the most intimidating thing voldemort typically does is like kill random muggles named frank so <laughs> I, I just can't see him doing that in like a cool like leather ensemble you know like like i just don't think that works for voldemort so i'd say that it's a little sin, I would say. Um, yeah. To to mock the Dark Lord in in that way. Agree. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just now realizing how boring Voldemort's character is, so I think I'll just I'll just go ahead and say, <laughs> you know, you're right. Small sin. Let's move on to the next one because I don't want to go down that road. It is a sin on the scale. Is it a sin on the scale of like when um uh that ch- those churches in Italy or whatever commissioned like statues of like both Jesus and Lucifer or whatever. And they made the Lucifer uh-huh. one so incredibly hot that like they had <laughs> to cover it up because everyone was just coming to gop at it. Um, yeah. And, and, and then making light of, 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 of the fallen angel. Uh, yeah. Um, and we can't do that with Voldemort either. No, Voldemort is serious. Absolutely we not. can't, 
I cannot mock Voldemort. Lord, Lord, Mr. Morte, as he is known. Mm, he uh, is known as that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yes, moving on. Uh, for our next one, this is, this is uh, one that's good for us. Um, but try not to be too offended by this, okay? Okay. All right. I hate Dobby. I know I shouldn't, and I know it's wrong, but I really hate him. What? That's <laughs> I know. A, I cast ye out of 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 a confessional if I hear this. Dobby is a treasure. Uh, Dobby is to be loved. We love Dobby. Um, that that is a mortal sin. You cannot hate Dobby. Uh, you can hate the picture of Dobby that you found on Pottermore, where he has big teeth. I think that it is okay to hate graven images of dobby but you cannot hate dobby agree agree yeah that, that's about the worst sin that you can you can commit especially here on the street cast um so i guess like honestly that brings me right into our next one which uh, i i feel like this dobby person and also this other person are coming into the confession booth at the same time and this other person is saying i don't think gilderoy lockhart is hot at all what the fuck this is, these are, I'm, 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 I'm gathering my things and I'm, I'm, I'm ending my shift as the, as yeah, the, it's, her, it's as horrific the, as the priest on duty. This is horrific. I cannot hear such slander, such, such, such horrible sacrilege. Uh, Gilroy Lockhart whips ass. Dobby is great. Um, and I will not hear any, any slander against either of them. Um, yep. uh, that's just, that's just basic canon law to me absolutely straight to hell okay i have one final person all right uh, all right and this one one more even though i'm heated after hearing those horrible sins absolutely after this one you can you can uh you know go home and and do some praying uh all right uh, this one, I picked this because it relates back to our reading. Um, and also some other things that we've read about, um, lately. And this is a headcanon. Good. I love the idea that Regulus is Crookshanks. Regulus being Regulus Black. Um, and I picked this one because there are a lot of fan theories about Crookshanks being, like, a character like like related to some yeah. other character i've i've heard crookshanks was the potter's cat or crookshanks was, the was one lily's cat yeah um it's lily's cat this is the <sighs> first one that i've encountered that it's like crookshanks is another character ah uh, sin i yeah. don't know hmm this is a toughie uh i don't know if it's a sin to be stupid um you know like like that yeah. is a stupid theory it sucks it has no basis in anything um but it is not you, you no one's gone to hell because they they don't know that two plus two equals four you know so um yeah i'm gonna say very stupid and maybe read another book because you clearly need to to expand your horizons if this is what you're scraping um do not pay attention to the fact that we we host a podcast about harry potter where we talk too much about it um <laughs> um <laughs> uh yeah Re- regulus black do we even see him ever in the no because he's dead when we first encounter oh, him that's- yeah, which yeah, is the like that whole thing near the end. Um, I 
I guess this like this transitions well into like another just fandom call out that I have. And this isn't just the Harry Potter fandom. This is most fandoms. Star Wars, like I mentioned, probably Marvel, although I guess I don't know or have context for that. But this idea that one character being related or like connected to another character just makes it automatically more interesting. Right. Yes. The 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 weird obsession i mean and and to be fair i can see where harry potter fans might get this because jk rowling absolutely thinks that that is a cool twist to do um i mean we watched multiple interviews and documentaries with her that end with her obsessing over family trees she's plotted out that the yeah. interviewer is bewildered by, right? Like, like mm-hmm. that's how the 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 one with the guy who talks like this and demands to know if she believes in God. Um, that <laughs> ends with her getting revenge on him by making him sit there and watch her explain her fucking insufferably long flowchart of how all the characters relate to each other, right? So, yeah, in a way, this is a learned behavior because J.K. Rowling <laughs> does does teach you that uh all characters might be related to each other in some way or are transformed versions of other characters so i'm worried i'm we 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 need to keep this under wraps um we need to not speak of this ever again because this could cause a schism within the church um uh this is what (laughs) leads to people nailing things to the door with a, oh, we with, hate with, that. We hate it when people nail stuff to the door, complaining about the fandom. Uh, um, because if we follow this, if we pull this thread, and uh, too much, it leads too much to criticism of of J.K. and her obsession with family trees. And and while I do think that calling Crookshanks Regulus Black is very stupid, and that seems like. <laughs> obvious on its face i actually have no textual argument against it because because jk rowling could like tomorrow in a in a tweet or something say like you know i've always found it fascinating that nobody found out that uh crookshanks was actually regular black the whole time she could fucking do that right like like she that's true she is known to do that kind of thing so I, I I I will not sin preemptively by by uh, by coming down too hard on this. We we can we just must never speak of this again. Yeah, yeah, we're we're telling we're telling this person to get out get out, never speak of this again. Yeah, take a vow of silence. You're going to the the Harry Potter content monastery. Yeah, yeah. So so that's the end end of this segment. I think that um I think that we did good good work for people's um, immortal souls here today. Um, and I also think that uh, maybe in the future, if anyone wants to send us confessions, uh, Ooh, our, that would well, be so good. Then that, then that would be great. And and we could potentially absolve you of your sins or, or not. Um, so if anyone Absolutely. is interested in that, uh, we'd, no, we'd we, we should to... make, we could make images. I, I will happily, uh, make classic images for people and put them online and we can read them. But yes, uh, if you would like to email us your confessions or just send us emails, we should do an email segment soon. I think we've got a couple. Um, uh, you can send them to shriekcast at gmail.com. Uh, and Liz, what are we reading next yes. week? Let me check. Um, 
I did not write it down, so let me just look really quick. Um, Next week, we will be reading Chapter 5, which is called The Dementor, and Chapter 6, Talons and Tea Leaves. Ooh, so we're definitely getting some, some divination content, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, well... Looking forward, no pun intended, to that. <laughs> Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. You can find them on Bandcamp. Huge thanks to them for letting us use their song as our theme. Uh, you can find us on patreon.com slash streetcast. If you subscribe, you can find really cool bonus content like our Let's Play of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Room for the PlayStation 1. That is winding up soon, I think, maybe in the next week or two. And then we'll be... Moving on to the Chamber of Secrets PlayStation game, which I'm very much looking forward to. Um, and we have, of course, bonus episodes. We have the Satanic Panic episode and our first Fantastic Beasts movie episode. There is lots of great stuff, and we appreciate your support. Um, speaking of support, if you would leave us a review or a rating on iTunes, that is always a huge help to us. And in general, just spreading the word of the show. We've been steadily growing. It's great. It's awesome reading your feedback. So, yeah. Um, but no matter how fantastic it is to, uh, to read those comments and, and, uh, you know, see that feedback and, and to get that sweet, sweet Patreon money, we still implore you to please read another book. Please read another book. There's a lady there, makes ocean rolls seem tame, but I know what you're after if you catch a ride, cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.